Robert the Speed the Cookout Coach, and you're listening to the Barbecue Central Show. Start the game! Let's go! We'll do it live. Do it live! I can, I'll write it and we'll do it live! So to get that perfect barbecue, you use wood. Are you sure it's safe? Whatever. We put the lighter fluid on, strike your match, and... Should we call the fire department? That might be a good idea. Welcome to the really big barbecue central show. This is the show that talks about all things that are important to the world of barbecue and grilling. This show originating from the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame city, Bomb City, USA. Cleveland, Ohio, the barbecue capital of the North Coast. I am your program host, Greg Rempe. Happy to have you aboard here on your Tuesday evenings live fire fun and property show. If you want to get in touch with the show this evening, if you want to follow the show socially, although I'll give you that information in addition to this, here's all that stuff. You can get in touch with the show by sending an email to Greg at the BBQCentralShow.com. Follow us on all the social media channels at BBQ Central Show. And be sure to subscribe to the show podcast feed on your favorite podcast platform. Anything else you want to find out about the show can be found at the main website, the newly, hotly revamped website, the BBQCentralShow.com. And here's what's happening in case you can get the newsletter coming up in about 13 minutes from now. The rarely happening but often hotly anticipated open segment and on the longer side. So as the state was drawing near and my collection of stuff, housekeeping items to get through continues to build. I saw this date as being open considered booking a guest and said you know what let's leave it open worse comes to worse or uh, i'm gripping 48 72 hours before tonight i'll try and backfill it with a guest but let's leave it open and see what happens maybe i can get through some things as not luck would have it the middle of next month is going to look weird we're going to talk about that next segment as well So I've allotted time for me to talk and for you to listen and interact with. So that's what's happening first. After you get done with me here in the open, a lot more of me next segment. But everybody loves that. Then, 35 past the first hour. We missed him last month, but he's back for his normal segment, the creator of DerekRiches.com. Derek Riches, who has gone and done it again blown the very foundations of the live fire community off of its roots that's not even a saying ever what am i trying to say has shook the very foundations of the live fire community once again in 2023 did it the first time ever in 2022 a year removed give or take has once again 
reshaken the very foundations, put a crack in the cornerstone as we've come to know and love the live fire community. Have I teased it enough? We'll leave it at that. That'll close the first hour, move to the second hour. And because it's the fourth Tuesday of the month in the second hour, you know it's not one but two segments with the embedded correspondence. Now, as I'm setting up the embedded correspondence segment, we lead off that portion of the hour with the 100% assurity questions. By the way, assurity is not a word. That is a Rempyism, I believe. So, through your grammar checks, spell checks, if for for whatever reason you decide to put that in text, know that you're going to be alerted that that's wrong. And you might say, well, how could that possibly be wrong? This professional host that I listen to every Tuesday on the internet is saying assurity multiple times during the course of a year, at least once a month, many times. And why is it telling me it's wrong? Because it's not a real word. It's made up. A couple weeks ago, I said a phrase, fancy footing around. Also, nobody's ever said that ever. I know this because my daughter came home and said, hey, you were mentioning Steve on the show and you said something about fancy footing around. What does that mean? I don't know what it means. I'm talking in a stream of consciousness. While I do have outlines, sometimes I write, I script out questions that I want to ask specifically. 90% of this stuff is coming right off the top of my head. I don't want to sound like a dimwit. And somehow I'm able to manage words and sayings that are on the cusp of, is that something that's really... Enough for you to not question me mostly, but the guy that used to question the show the most, who's now in and out of listenership, depending on what kind of mood he is, John Dawson of Patio Daddy Barbecue out there in Idaho, used to keep a list of Rempyisms, and I've never gotten them from him, which that's my fault. But assurity is not a word that I can assure you of. Saying assurity is grammatically incorrect, both audibly and through text. So when you get that alert from Microsoft Word or Google Docs or whatever the hell it is you use to make your papers and lists and whatnot, when it says, that's not right, that's that's right. The program is right. It's not a word. And fancy footing around is also not a saying. Don't ever say that. I can't believe I said that, but it just happened, but I didn't mean it. Anyway, we continue on. As I set up the assurity questions for the embedded correspondence of myself to go answer, I usually like to keep it in that four, maybe five range, but tonight I just let loose. They were just coming rapidly. And I said, tonight, we're not going to put a limit on 100% assurity questions. We'll allow the people that are watching to interact as well. We'll read some of their stuff. And if that takes the whole two segments, then so be it. That'll be the way it goes. And if not, we have plenty of other topics to dig into. So, long way to go to tell you that the second hour is what you've come to know and love in the fourth Tuesday, the Embedded Correspondence segment. Don't forget, you can follow me socially on Instagram, Twitter, TikTok, and the never-checked Snappy Chat at BBQ Central Show on all those. 
We say good evening to those of you watching tonight through one of our video streaming platforms, Facebook or Twitch slash BBQ Central Show. Or you can catch it over here on the YouTubes, which is YouTube.com slash at BBQ Central Show, where we are also asking you a new YouTube poll question of the week, which is asking you this. And be honest. Don't lie like I know you want to. Nobody thinks you're cool or not if you don't know the answer. I'm asking because I have been doing this for so long. Sometimes I think a name that I know is something that everybody else knows. Whether you're a greenhorn or whether you're a grizzled vet, jaded, experienced live fire veteran. Sometimes I know names. I just know a lot of names. I've been doing it a long time now. So the question is this. Before last week's interview, you were 100% aware of who Byron Chisholm was. Yes or no. And currently, and I'm happy to say, but who knows how it'll go for two hours. 70% of you are saying yes. You knew who he was. Which, by the way, means 30% of you are saying no. You didn't know who he was. And... To me, living in my own vacuum, that's shocking that 30% of you would not know who a legend of barbecue is in Byron Chisholm. Nevertheless, we will continue the poll. I will ask myself next segment if I know who he was before last week's interview, and we'll ask our guests as well. So let's start here this evening. There was a ton of reaction to the press release from Meathead over at AmazingRibs.com last week about his book being delayed until the spring of 2024. Mm -hmm. Oh, I'm sorry, 2025. And while we will touch on it ever so briefly, dare I say tenderly in the second hour during the Embedded Correspondence segment, we shall remain patient because I have revealed that next month we will ask Meathead for all of the details. Well, not next month, but next. Well, yeah, I guess that would be next month. It's July. We're, we're so close to July, but we're still in June. So next month, as I said, we will ask Meathead himself on exactly what is going on with this book being backed up to 2025. So save your questions. I'll have a full interview with him. In fact, I'll probably tell you more about it next segment. Tim in D.C. is writing in. Greg, I thought Byron Chisholm's interview last Tuesday was great. I had no idea he was such a great amateur motocross rider. I checked out his YouTube story after the interview. That was great as well, but I had... Not heard of butt rub before, and I will be grabbing some of that at my nearest retailer, ASAP. Thank you for the introduction to the legend that is Bad Byron. Thank you, Tim. In DC. 64% of you are now saying you do know who he is. So quickly, the scales are tipping. And don't lie. If you didn't know him, just say it. We're all big boys here and gals. What do we love about ceramic cookers? We love they're fuel efficient. We love that you can achieve low and slow temperatures. We love that you can get really hot temperatures for traditional grilling. But you can't get two-zone cooking in the round 
ceramic cookers. Why? Because, of course, they are round. And I believe, as Meathead has said on more than one occasion, he's the one that pointed it out to the vast live fire public that if you have a ceramic cooker and you want to set up a two-zone fire, you can only do it in one cooker. What one is that? Primo! That's right, primogrill.com. Because of the game-changing and patented oval design, you can build a fire off to the left or off to the right, and then you can put your proteins sans coals on the opposite side. True two-zone cooking. Now, they have accessories as well. Pizza oven insert. They have a Primo Grub rotisserie. Not only that, here's the latest that I'm not even getting updates on, and I'm going to have to take issue with Nick Bauer. They now have a Primo branded uh, automatic pit temperature control device. I forget the name of the manufacturer they partnered with. It's not Barbecue Guru. It's like the Flame Boss or Pit Boss. One of those. But now it's a package you can buy. So if you don't want to... If you want that connected cooker feel, but less expensive and Primo branded, why not check them out? Only sold the dealers. PrimoGrill.com. Follow them on all the social media channels. And we'll be back with me. Right after this, stick around. We'll be right back. You're listening to the Barbecue Central Show. Broadcasting live from the Barbecue Central Show studios in Cleveland, Ohio. You're listening to the Barbecue Central Show. Once again, here's your host, Greg Rempe. Welcome back. This portion of the show being brought to you by cookinpellets.com, your number one source for quality wood pellets for all your pellet-driven cookers. You visit cookinpellets.com and check out what they have for sale. And then once you find the blends that you so desire, go to amazon.com or lowes.com or walmart.com. All fledgling little websites. Yes, we know. Maybe they'll make it. And to find their way into making it to a successful business career, they offer great shipping rates that the cookandpellets.com website cannot offer. But because cookandpellets.com is a vendor to those locations, those folks are able to give you great shipping rates, sometimes shipping included. So find what you like at cookandpellets.com. By the way, I have it on good authority, and by good authority means I have an advanced bottle in my hands. That cookandpellets.com is coming out with their own steak rub. So if you're looking for a new steak rub or a additional one to add to the arsenal that you already have, go to cookandpellets.com and wait for the drop or send CB an email and said, hey, Rempy's already promoting the new steak rub that you have out. Put me on the list to notify so I can go over and buy when it's ready. But it smells great. I haven't used it yet because I literally just got it yesterday. But it smells great. I'm looking forward to using it on steak the next time I cook it, which will also be done on that new Charbroil electric cooker to verify results that I got the first steak cook around. So we always have to do everything at least twice on something new before we can really give an honest opinion. 
So that's where you want to go, cookingpellets.com, and then buy off of walmart.com or lowes.com or amazon.com. This was coming in from Smoke and Joe's Pit Barbecue. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to tonight's show. Welcome to tonight's show. Let's welcome our host, a man who's in love with saying the cooking guy's knives and the boner is his personal favorite. Greg Rempe got a boner. That's right. Look, uh, I'm friends with Sam. I like Sam as a human being. I like the entertainment value that he brings to the show, of course. However, strictly speaking, as a consumer and a appreciator of knives and what they can bring to the culinary table for those that are both professional or aspiring home chefs, having a, a singular great knife is magnificent. And is important for safety. Well, sharp knife is for safety, but having one that feels good, you can count on, holds the edge for a long time. All of these important things. But then, for Sam to have created a set of cutlery, small santoku, a nakiri knife, the chef's knife, this huge ten and a half inch knife. I don't even know what the hell they call it. It's like a small machete. And I'm using it to, I use it to cut very wide cuts of protein because it's, I can just drag it across and it makes the cut. I don't have to like recenter it and get through the other half. It's very large. Also, the bread knife or the slicer. And you have the paring knife. And now, of course, the new knife that Smoking Joe's Pit Barbecue was referencing the boning knife or the boner, as we call it. All of them are great quality knives. I have no stake in Sam's knife business. I get no kickback. He sends me knives for free, but he doesn't ask me to promote it or whatever. As someone who has handled these knives for months, some for years, they're great. So if you like Sam and you like great knives and you're in need, then I would certainly suggest doing this. And I use, I would say the one I use the most is the chef's knife. That one fits best in my hand, but all the handles are roughly the same. So if the handle fits good from one knife, then it's, there's a good chance. Eh, the smaller knife, like the paring knife. I'm not a big paring knife guy anyway, so I could do without that one. But the slicing knife, the boning knife, the chef's knife, the big-ass machete knife, the Nakiri, the Santoku, all great knives. Big fan. Folks, and then there's this... Uh-oh. Is there a cat piss update that's coming? Yes, of course. Why? Because I can't seem to get rid of a cat of the four that I have, the one. And now we have it dialed in. We know who it is. How do we know who it is? Because while my cigar smoking pal, Jeff and Dreezy, sent me his hunting cam, number of months ago. I don't know if you remember that. After we had the uh, assassination of my soundboard number of months ago, then we were, it was like in the beginning of the year. And then there was like from February until March or February until June or July before the next set of new mixers were coming in from Sweetwater. I found the one on eBay saved. Thank God. And I've built this great protector over it. We were trying to figure out which cat it was. We thought it was between two of them. 
and I was blaming the wrong cat, but we have figured out it's the really F-A-F or fat as F cat. We call him Snickers. Now, how do we know it's him? Because on multiple occasions since the assassination of my soundboard, that fat F has peed in the house right in front of us without regard. Like, hey, everybody watch me. I'm going to pee in the house. Not marking, like peeing. I'm not going to say it's like full on quarts of piss. But he's peeing, and it's on the wall. I mean, like, it's gross. By the way, this isn't a fancy way for me to make sure that nobody ever asks me to visit. Because <laughs> you think my house is going to smell like cat piss? I mean, you're not wrong. But we do a really bang-up job. One thing that we have become very expert at is cleaning cat piss in the cracks and the crevices and off walls and on the carpet, finding out which products that are made to take the cat piss smell out of those said areas as well. Spot cleaner with the suction and the wet cleaning thing, blah, 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 carpet cleaner, home-based. So we have a whole process when it happens. But this morning I get a text message as I'm in the office trying to sell a truck, which is rare. From my wife, text message out to everybody. Snickers just pissed on the stool, carpet, wall right in front. I'm like, did he do this in front of you? Yes. I can only hope. I said, well, look, the cat's got to go to the vet. We haven't brought the cat to the vet in a year, maybe two years, because the cat has got anxiety through the roof. So as soon as you put him in that carrier, what does he do? He pisses in the carrier. Of course. I mean, he pisses everywhere, so why wouldn't he piss in the carrier? And then he's a maniac when he gets to the vet, breathing. The vet's trying to take his, uh, listen to his heart rate. She's like, I can't even get a beat on him. He's getting ready to stroke out. Like, from your lips to God's ears, lady. The best thing that could happen to me is this cat dies on the table. That would be great for all of us. You could charge me an extra 50 bucks to get rid of it. I can go home without it. And the house doesn't have to get pissed on anymore. How about that? It's a win, win, win. But he continues to live. Every night, I go to bed. Before I lay my head down on my sweet pillow and I say, Dear Jesus, show me that you're real and make Snickers die overnight. And you know what? That cat is still alive every night. And every day, there he is. So, I called up the vet. I'm throwing caution to the wind. I mean, if he dies on the way over to the vet, I'm looking out for the cat's best interest here. I've made an appointment July 7th on a Friday at 8.30 a.m. I'm going to pick him up. And if worst comes to worst, it's only me and him in the house. I'm going to swaddle him in a number of really crappy towels. And if he pees in him, all right, it's not going to get on me. We're going to go to the vet. If he makes the transport alive, I can only hope, because he's getting it up in age, that, and I'm going to have to shuck out bucks, which I hate to do for any stupid cat, because you can go get a cat for free on the side of the road every day of the week and twice on Sunday, zero dollars and zero cents. We're going to have to get blood work done, and we're going to have to try and see. We're going to hope, and gang, I'm going to need you to hope with me. We'll cross all fingers and toes. 
that the cat comes back with uh, that the degenerative kidney disease, which is incurable, and we can immediately send them out to the put-down booth, and that'll be it for Snickers. So if we can all hope that that's the case in like a week and a half from now, then I would certainly appreciate your positive vibes on the ultimate demise of Snickers. But of course, that probably won't happen because I'm not that lucky. But that's your latest cat piss update. It is currently still happening in the house. But it's not on the mixer because I have fashioned this great. That's the most important thing. The show's able to happen. Who cares if my whole house smells like cat piss? Who cares? If you come over to my house and you go, hey, what's that cat pissy smell? Well, that's what it is. It's cat piss. As I had mentioned in the show open, the middle of next month is going to look a little weird as it relates to show. So uh, specifically July 11th, which is, of course, that meathead segment that we were talking about, talking to him about his book. And then July 18th. So those two middle shows, I'm going to be out of town in Houston starting the 8th. And doing the show remotely, so obviously I have the gear to do a remote show, technically speaking. It's not an easy feat to actually perform the show. Not because I'm not in the studio. The downside of the technology here is in order for me to host remotely, I would have to use up one of the guest lines which is fine. I would be coming in as a guest and then uh, coming out like this, except I would be like, I did it that one time when I had to do the show and the cat pissed on the mixer, right? The, the bigger issue or the bigger logistical hurdle that we have to clear is I actually need a human here in bomb city, USA to hit buttons and uh, click things on computer screens to engineer the show, I think is what they call them, the engineer. So I don't really have an engineer. Uh, I think both kids are going to be out of town at that point, or they'll be you know, passing over each other on the 11th or the 18th, one or the other. And to be quite honest, I don't know if I have a lot of desire to teach them how to work things, because if it's not happening just the way that I want it, that's really going to bug me. And certainly I would appreciate their help, but I also have an expectation or standard that I would like to have. So my question is in lieu of a live show, which is probably not going to happen. It's still up in the air, maybe, but probably not because again, having to have somebody here in Cleveland. It's not the me being in Houston part. I have a microphone. I can connect in all that stuff. It would sound great. But having the live human here presents a problem on a multitude of levels. So in lieu of that, what would you rather hear? Would you like me to lay down some pre-recorded interviews with the guests that I had booked for those shows and then uh, either not do live shows and then pump those in the podcast feed on that Wednesday and Thursday with the best ofs on Friday, or in lieu of that, would you like to have two best of shows? So I'll go through, you know, uh, shows this year, shows last year, take this segment because everybody liked it from this show and another one from this show and combine like three segments in each hour. 
and have two best of show back to back weeks. So the better question is this. Would you like two shows of what I think have been really great content over the last couple of years and you hear it again? And for those that have never heard it before, you'll be here again for the first time. Or would you like to keep the content new? And just have it released in a pre-recorded sense. So that's what I would like to hear from you. You can weigh in on the YouTube chat if you would like to. I'm not going to put that up as a poll. Because you can ask me or you can tell me one way or the other how you like. But that's what I would like to know from you. The show Faithful. Alan F. already saying reruns is a good idea. So we'll have to see. Johnny Mags is asking, would you smoke that cat spread or would you smoke that cat spread or running position? I wouldn't smoke it at all. It would go right into the burner. Get that big stuff out of here. Bill Rempe writing in best of 100%. All right. By the way, I didn't open the segment with my YouTube questioning me. All right. So let's ask me. Before last week's interview, did I know who Byron Chisholm was? No lying. And I can tell you that I absolutely knew who Byron Chisholm was. For well over a decade, I knew who Byron Chisholm was. I actually knew about him when I first got in and just had my own barbecue forum. If you can believe that, back when that was hot technology. 54% of you are saying you did know him. 46% are saying, no, you didn't know him. So we are trending closer to 50-50, which I thought would be more the case. Actually, I didn't think that would be more the case. We are getting closer to 50-50 when I thought it could be a boat race for Yes, You Knew. So once again, being surprised on the results of the YouTube poll question of the week. Jeff Andreezy is in for best of... What about John doing a live show on the best moments? Hmm. Well, here's the problem, Alan. I still like in order to do a live show on the 11th and the 18th, there has to be a human in Cleveland. And this human is not going to be in Cleveland. Connie Reppy, the best of would be best. All right. Another one there. Calvin in Washington State is writing in. Greg, big fan of the show. I've been listening for about a year or so. If I might ask a question. In the open of the show each week, you mentioned Cleveland as both the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame city, self-explanatory, and you also refer to it as Bomb City, USA. Forgive me for not knowing or being in on the reason you call it that. Do you mind schooling me in this area so I can be part of the group that gets the reference? Podcast listener only regards Calvin. Calvin, that's a great question. And once again, I would hate to just assume that everybody knows what that means. So in order, Calvin, and for the rest of you who have no idea what it means when I say Rock and Roll Hall of Fame City and Bomb City USA, Cleveland, Ohio, like what that means. Does anybody even know what that means? Do you think I'm just being funny like... A clown like I amuse you? Well, let me tell you. In 1976, Bomb City USA was born the year 
Cleveland became Bomb City USA when I was two years old. Cleveland was the most bombed city in the United States. The assassination and vandalism bombings that had been on the rise throughout the decade culminated in this particularly violent year, leading the national news to dub Cleveland Bomb City USA. Bomb City USA. Cleveland. Brian Ashman is right. Danny Green. According to a Plain Dealer article, article from this era, bombing business booming here. Cleveland's national ranking in bomb crimes had skyrocketed since 1974. The best year ever, by the way. The main cause was continued gang war between the Italian families and Danny Green's Celtic Club group of Irish-American gangsters. Car bombs were a preferred method of assassination because the evidence was often destroyed in the explosion, leaving police with no leads. Although Green allegedly contracted car bombings for years, the turf war escalated after the unexpected death of Cleveland mobster John Scalish in 1976. Scalish's choice for successor, James Licavoli, did not sit well with the Cleveland underworld. As a result, armed traffickers and drug peddlers John Nardi fought to control for Cleveland. Green allied himself with Nardi, helping take out a number of Licavoli's followers and bloating the number of car bombings in Cleveland. Throughout his criminal career, Green had commissioned dozens of car bomb assassinations. Some of these bombings were carried out by Green's go-to bomb expert, Art Snurpenberg. According to Rick Perello. If the bombs grabbed headlines, Art got paid a bonus if things got on television or in the newspapers. Of course, Snurperger died when he self-detonated on Halloween night in 1971. And in an ironic twist of death fate, Denny Green was also killed in a car bomb. (laughs) Prophetic, really. Right over in Lyndhurst, which is just west of Cleveland, or uh, west of Mayfield. I go through there all the time. He was at a dentist appointment, and he went back in, got into his car, and Danny Green blew up. Boom, just like that. So, why do I say Bomb City, USA? Bomb City, USA. Because Cleveland loved their car bombings between 74, bloating and 76. How about that? Now everybody's in on the joke. Look at this guy, Doug Durda. Stop setting your river on fire. That joke is so old. Stop having your Hall of Fame quarterback rape women. How about that? I can go back to the same joke that you can go back to the same joke at, Doug. Come on. All right, Derek Richards is ready to go. Are you tired? of settling for mediocre grilling experiences. You're damn right you are. It's time to step up that game and bring the ultimate flavor and ultimate cooker to the backyard barbecues. What's that? Pits and Spits Charcoal Grills, offering the highest quality live fire cooking experiences that you can get in the market today using either wood or charcoal or both. These solid fuel grills produce the classic flavors you're looking for when you have the time to fire up the grill and cook for the whole family and all the friends. The king of the cul-de-sac, that's what they call you. 
With a large adjustable fuel tray, you can raise and lower the fire to control and fine-tune the heat. This, of course, is Pits and Spits' take on the very popular Santa Maria-style grill. Let me tell you this. I don't often refer to any grill as being sexy. The charcoal grill is sexy AF, and the AF stands for as friends. Okay? If you haven't seen it, go to pitsandspits.com slash BBQ Central Show. Go to Charcoal Cooker and look at that beauty. It's amazing. Now look, don't get all freaked out by the price tag here, okay? This isn't a two-season POS grill that you're just going to shit can and buy a new one for a buck three eighty that following season. This one you buy, I don't know, if it's, is it three grand? Okay. You buy it. You can use it next year and 40 years from now, and then your kids can use it and pass it on to their kids. It's an heirloom. This is quality. Now get pumped up, get over there, and buy five or six of them. Give them away as gifts. You'll be the hit of Christmas and every other holiday. Why not? Pitsandspits.com slash BBQ Central Show. Use promo code Charcoal Central, all one word, Charcoal Central, for 150 bucks off any charcoal grill. Do it now. You'll love it. Howard Stern, Jim Rome, Dan Patrick, and Greg Rampey. The Mountain Rushmore of talk show entertainment. Now, let's get back to the Barbecue Central Show. This portion of the show being brought to you by Fireboard and the Fireboard Spark. You can monitor up to six different temperatures simultaneously with the Fireboard 2. You connect to Wi-Fi, cloud-based monitoring, or connect via Bluetooth. It is compatible with most smart speakers. Fireboard.com is the place to go. 816-945-2232 to ask any and all questions about Fireboard 2 or the Fireboard Spark or whatever else they got. They're there to answer your questions. It's the fourth Tuesday of the month, and that means we are going to welcome back our pal, a Barbecue Central Show guest, Hall of Famer, somebody we missed last month, and we're happy to have him back. It's Derek Richards. Derek, before we get into why you evaded us last month, I'm putting the blame solely on you, even though it was my fault. We're going to ask you the YouTube poll question of the week. Before last week's interview that I did, you knew who Byron Chisholm was, yes or no? Oh, absolutely. Right? 56% of the voting public was aware of Byron Chisholm before that, which means 44% were not, which means to me that my listening audience is either A, younger than me, or, God forbid, (laughs) or they are just getting into the industry. Maybe they got in during the pandemic boom. They found the show. They're in love with my entertainment and monthly segments with Derek Riches, but just don't have the background that you or I do on some of these legends. As I said in the open, I shudder to think that names that I would just casually throw out or drop as big names, what percentage of folks that I would walk around and mention them to would go, I have no idea who that is. What do you think? Oh, no. I mean, you're absolutely right. But, I mean, I've known Byron for, I don't know, 15, 20 years. We've had a lot of email back and forth over the years. Um, but, no, you, you're right. There's, there's a lot of people in the barbecue world, um, and they might be pretty niche, for either where they live or what they do and and a lot of people don't just 
uh, I don't know, aren't, aren't, aren't getting introduced to him enough. Byron on his YouTube video, the autobiography, whatever you want, documentary, says that Butt Rub, the rub, has generated $50 million worth of sales over its lifespan. Do you believe that? Yeah. I mean, it's been around for a long time. And, um, you know, it, it, it was a big mainstay of so many barbecue stores and stuff. You know, being one of the first that was kind of like commercially distributed, you know, to the hardcore barbecue community, I, that sounds like a lot of money. Um, but if you, I, I guess if you divide it out, maybe, I mean, I, I'd take that, but. Yeah, no doubt. I would take that in a heartbeat. Um, you have done it again. Have you I? have set controversy a buzz on the internet last year you did it for the very first time this year you have decided to double down now what am i talking about last year you put out a post on your website derekriches.com that said uh i don't know if it was the top five or if it was a top 10 most popular barbecue and grilling websites and we talked all about it was that two years ago now i think it was two all years right. ago I think so, this now is that you're the third that. time this is the third time i've done it so the well, maybe I missed the very, very first one, but I remember. No, I think you missed last year. Maybe. Oh, shame on me for doing that. I'm sorry, Derek. <laughs> the very first one, I was introduced to Joe Clement over at Smoked Barbecue Source. That was the one mm -hmm. that seemed to be the lightning rod for a lot of folks going, well, okay, everybody seems to know Hey Grill Hey, Susie Bullock, blah, blah, blah. See her all over the place. But number two, Smoked Barbecue Source. Like, what the hell is that? And then you go to the website and. Not that it's not a great website, but it doesn't seem to be something that stands out from a, a visual or an aesthetic standpoint as being avant-garde or <laughs> I don't know. But uh, but there it was, and we talked all about it. And so this year, I see a post, and or uh, earlier, a couple weeks ago, I see a post, and here it is: top ten most popular barbecue and grilling websites here in 2023. So I thought we would mm -hmm. go over this list. But before we do that, why don't you refresh us on your method of arriving to these top 10 websites? Um, let me put it this way. This kind of started out from a conversation I was having with somebody about like who's big in barbecue. And this is probably like four years ago. And I, I had been doing some consulting with somebody who paid a lot of money for very detailed metrics of the most popular barbecue sites and who was getting traffic. And it was very niche and, you know, there were NDAs involved and I wasn't to like reveal the data, but I kind of worked a way around to reconstruct it from other sources. Um, but the thing of it was, is it's like, I'm looking at this list. I'm looking at the data that this company has and I'm going, you know, most people have never heard of these people. So let's throw that out there and kind of see what, you know, what, what the reaction is because, you know, I mean, that's just it. There's, there's people who are, you know, creating content and you don't hear about them or you don't know about them or, you know, the Byron Chisholm and 44% of people have no idea who you're talking about. That sort of thing. So that's kind of where that came from. Can you be, I mean, obviously, I guess the answer is just, can you be popular and not be known? Yeah. 
Actually, you, 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 I mean, look, there are, you go to the grocery I store sign and up you for buy that. products. I want to be popular and not be known at the same time. Oh, yeah. <laughs> it's like, it's like rich and famous. I'll take rich, please. Yeah, of course. <laughs> I don't need the fame. I don't care. Um, but you can be very successful, you know, uh, you know, with a website, with, a, you know, the YouTube channel on TikTok or whatever, without necessarily putting making it all about you without being kind of the lightning rod of attention. And there's just a lot of people. That's what they would rather do. They don't, you know, they're like, I'm an, I'm enthusiastic about this. I want to create content about this, but nobody knows who I am and nobody's going to care who I am. So I think where the, the thing that I can't wrap my head around that is I understand what you're saying. They want to be behind the scenes or they want the brand to be out there uh, in front and center versus me as an individual doing it. But to that point, then I should know, I should have heard about smoked barbecue source or, I mean, on this list uh, that you've just generated, one, two, three, uh, four, half the list I've never heard of in my life. Not even in passing with some of the most yeah. knowledgeable people that scour the internet and know live fire that never have mentioned these yeah. sites ever. That is that is one of the surprising things. And <laughs> look, if eighty five percent of your traffic is coming from somebody putting in a Google search, that doesn't exactly create brand recognition. People are going to your site, they're using your content, they're engaging with it, but they're it, it's not you know it's not a brand. It's just money. It's just traffic. That's kind of what it is and it is still possible to do that in this world so how are you arriving on these these top tens what's your process so so i still have access to industrial com score data because i still do some of that kind of consulting and there are people that are like hey look through these numbers tell us what you think and and i still do that sort of thing um, what I do use is a variety of metrics, which I've kind of, so, you know, there's things like SEMrush and there's some different website traffic monitoring systems out there that people can actually get access to. And I've written out the math to weight different things in different ways to reproduce what the best metric analysis is coming up with without revealing the data that i'm not legally allowed to share or i could share but the cost to me would be astronomical mm -hmm. it's, i don't want to i don't like lawsuits i avoid them they've been bad in the past so i avoid that sort of thing can your num would your numbers correlate to i always hear about the the google stats being the the end-all be-all of true traffic so are are your <clears throat> figures or are your data do they correlate to what a, a google would be it's not a direct measurement google analytics what you're referring yep. to is uh is basically a way of getting real-time reports about what your website is doing it tells you who's visiting your site where they're coming from how long they're spending that sort of stuff that 
and you have to install that into your website to monitor it that way. So this is more like Nielsen ratings, which measures people and their habits using the internet, as well as a number of some of the internet server arrays through which that traffic travels. I mean, it does get, there does get to be math involved, but it's, it's done through sampling. So it would, it would be analogous to, you know, <clears throat> how successful a local radio station is doing in your metric or how popular a television show is. It's not a direct measurement of everyone. It is a direct measurement of enough people to give you good numbers. Mm. Coming in at number 10. We're working our way up to number one. Long distance dedication coming up at number five. Our pal, Jess Priles. JessPriles.com. Yes. Now, I'll have to say, I'm shocked that she made the top 10 list. Wasn't there last year? Was there two years ago, I think, and kind of came back in. Hmm. Um, you know, Jess, has, Jess is doing so many other things. These days, I don't think there's a, been a ton of update to the website, but there's a lot of content there. So, you know, I mean, she's working with different groups and doing lots of different stuff. So I don't know how much the website is like core to her business, but it's still performing really well. Number nine. And let's start the list of people I've never heard of. Or whatever you do at or whatever you do dot com. Yeah, that's, um, <laughs> do, 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 yeah, this is Nicola and Jeremiah Johnson. They've been doing this site for. Why do I know <laughs> that name? Jeremiah Johnson, West Coast guy. It was a movie. Um, it was my dad's favorite movie. As a matter of fact, oh, um, I know this guy. Hold on. Jeremiah. Yeah. Jeremiah <laughs> Johnson. From yeah. I so I was communicating with this guy. I have to assume this is the same guy. It's barbecue related. Okay, probably is. Yeah. From August thirty first, two thousand eleven, he put together an interview with the show and one of the like the lead rapper of Moonshine Bandits, Big Tex. How about that? Yeah, that's new to me. They, they've been running the website, I think, now about five six years. Um, the heavy pellet grill oriented. Um, it's, it's just been kind of steady there. It just kind of keeps plugging away. This is kind of, it's, it's been like between eighth and 11th place for like three years, three or four years now. That's what it looks like. Or whatever you do.com. So, you know, kind of everyday ham and egger look, maybe a uh, yeah. WordPress, something like that. Probably. I think most of these sites are WordPress sites. Number eight. And another one I've never heard of. Give me, uh, sorry, give me some grilling. Ever heard of it? Uh, yeah. So, uh, Evink. Jason and Julie. Right here. Jason and Julie. Uh, they had, uh, she had a really successful, um, uh, food blog from a million years ago and they kind of wanted to venture out into outdoor cooking so this one came up 
Well, I have a date for it as 2018. Um, and it's been pretty consistently where it is now. Yeah. People you don't know, but they've been plugging away at it. Got a lot of content there. And, um, you know, I'm, I'm not, like I've said, I don't judge the value of the content, just how popular it is. And I'm, that's not a knock. I'm not trying to. No, I get it. Number seven, food, fire and friends. Never heard. Uh, this has been around for quite a while. Um, yeah. So this is a guy out of England. Uh, got big into barbecue again about five, six years ago. Put up the site. It um, Mark Jenner, founder and chief. Editor. Yeah. Okay. Mark Jenner. It's been kind of. Uh, it, it's been. It was actually like a top five. It's been kind of slowly losing traffic a bit relative so um there's a bit of an english push on it but you know it's a, it's a pretty broad topic all right number six cat heads barbecue never heard of it yeah this is this is really new so cat heads barbecue was a catering company in california and due to you know events of the last couple of years kind of had to get out of the catering business mm. so they just took like a decade of of food catering you know live fire cooking barbecue stuff and turned this into this website it's about six seven hundred pages of content it's big it's got a lot of content to it um just popped up there real fast i i my suspicion is that it popped up there because it was new because so much went into it so fast. I kind of, my feel is it's going to fade mm. over the next year slowly, but I mean, that happens a lot with the way the internet works. The next one at five, dropping two spots from the last time I remember. And one who probably many people think would be number one is amazingribs.com. How can we be at number five? Um, because that's where it's at. That's look, you know, Goldwyn's been around. He's been doing this for what, 15, 16 years. Um, it's a big site. It's got a lot to it. Um, it hasn't had a lot of updating to it in the last five or six years. So a lot of the content is, you know, as far as the Google search engine goes, uh, it's not fresh. It's not new. Um, that's kind of, I think, what's hitting it. So, um, but yeah, it's, I, it hasn't been, it was number one, maybe five years ago. Hasn't been there since. Number four. Here's one that I have heard of. Finally. Vindulge. Yeah. That's Mary right there. Yeah. Hmm. Uh, yeah. Uh, you know, it's started out as kind of like wine and grilling and just grew into a whole ton of barbecue stuff. They've been, you know, they've got a book, they've got a lot of content, a lot of video. Um, actually heard from Sean, her husband, yeah. Mary Kressler and Sean Martin. I heard from Sean this morning, just like, Hey, you know, thanks for mentioning. Good to hear from you again. And, uh, yeah, Vindolce has been pretty consistent in the whole business. 
Number three. Right back to never heard of it. The online grill. Yeah, this is um this is very generic look, ton- looking. Okay. I'm just it's saying. a very generic look. There's a ton of content in here, mm. a lot of product reviews, a lot of all, recipes, is it a lot all of information. Original content, Derek? It is because I checked. Yeah. Oh. I mean, nothing comes I've checked all of these and nothing comes up as plagiarized. Mm. That doesn't mean that it's not sourced from other places and rewritten. Uh-huh. Because 99.9% of the internet is sourced from other sources and rewritten. That's, of course, 99% of books are sourced from other sources and rewritten. Yep. So that's, that is our world. Um, I, I also did some checking for AI generated content and none <laughs> of the top 10 are dumping AI generated in yet. Mm. We'll see what, you know, a year from now, this could be very different. We'll see how, yeah. how that plays yeah, out. It could make that yeah. a little bit better. Online Grill is, is a little bit different because it's run by a guy named Ben. And Ben's profile picture is a stock image off a of Getty. Hmm. So I don't know who Ben is. I don't know what Ben looks like, but it's constantly updated. There's a ton of content there. It's constantly being worked on. All right. Uh, and then uh, number two, number one, haven't changed, at least the last time I checked. Number two, smoked barbecue sauce, which, of course, is uh, Joe Clement, a original New Zealander who now lives in Australia and has a, a massive website here and uh, does a good job at updating content. He's... Uh, he's he's gone ahead and contracted this guy here, Jeff Rice or Ricer on YouTube mm-hmm. to do. Uh, Jeff yep. has actually turned into uh, quite a uh, turned the career into doing grill reviews and a bunch of other product reviews. If you follow his YouTube channel, so yeah, yeah, no, he certainly has. Yeah, no, uh, no surprise here at number two, and then of course number one is our pal Susie Bullock from Hey Grill Hey, and of course we know. She's certainly mega popular, and uh, that, yes, she she's is. been number one then for like the last three years in a row. Yeah, probably closer to four. Yeah, and is it strong? Um, like, is she boat racing the field? Uh she's still she's still way out there. Yeah, you know it's it's still a it's still a pretty strong lead. Um, yeah, I mean, smoke barbecue source has been hedging up; it's been gaining. But it hasn't been able to overtake. Hmm. So, um, I don't, you know, I don't know what will, you know, I don't know what will transpire in a year. I can make guesses, but. In a year from now, do you think think that that the top five will remain the same or will there be more new than the same? I think it'll, as long as they keep doing what they're doing, I don't see that there's going to be a ton of change in the top five. Hmm. But we could see a new bottom five. Yeah, definitely. Do you definitely. think people think are getting out of this blogging now that the p- pandemic's over and people are going back to whatever a normal life is or was? Of a, of all the, the sites that I kind of keep monitoring on, more than half haven't been updated in six months. Mm. So, yeah. Um, got called back to the office. <laughs> yeah, they got called back to the office. They went somewhere else. They didn't feel like they were getting any traction. You know, they got um, bored. They got bored. They decided knitting was cool. I don't, you know, <laughs> I mean, cool. you know, people, 
I see that a lot. There are people who are like, oh, you know, this is everything. They blog for two years and then they're doing something entirely different two years later. Yeah. And in general, blogs don't have the popularity they did 10 years ago. I mean, there's kind of, you know, I mean, there's more social media. TikTok has certainly kind of killed a lot of stuff. You know, YouTube has certainly been cutting into to, to the topic space. You know, all those podcasts, hmm. they're just ruining websites, Hilbert. that sort of thing. But what's the best thing you're working on here that is going to be coming out here soon? Uh, I did just put out a piece a couple, like two days ago on like the food safety temperatures, mm -hmm. like the meat cooking temperatures and why they're wrong. Oh, and really? why what you know about them is is wrong. Do you uh, are you? Sciencely backed up on that? Yeah, and I'm sciencely backed up from the people who created the rules in the first place. All right. But by the way, for everybody listening, I just said sci sciencely. That is wrong. So don't sciencely? use that tomorrow. Add it to the list. Whatever you want to do. Uh, <laughs> it's show open. I was talking about words I've made up. So sciencely is definitely not a real word. I'm just. We using can make it one. That's right. Well, see, you used it right away. And right, I'm sure immediately like people were like, oh, okay. So sounded wrong Although I, eric immediately used it he's smart i would use it as that sounds sciencely yes <laughs> the sound of sciencely it could be a new yes. pun song that we work on all right uh derekriches.com is producing content over at derekriches.com read the new temperature and then next month we'll talk about it and learn why we're wrong and how we get right all right all right have a great talk fourth then. all right see you you too bye Derek is in luck because I will be back for a live show on that fourth Tuesday. It's the middle 11th and 18th that are either going to be best of or new pre-recorded content release. So we'll talk about all of that uh, or I'll keep you up to date on all of that. But Derek Riches at DerekRiches.com and we are a little late, but well worth it. Again, from one to 10, HeyGrillHey.com, SmokedBBQSource.com, TheOnlineGrill.com, VinDulge.com, AmazingRibs.com, CatHeads, plural, BBQ.com, FoodFireFriends.com, GimmeSomeGrilling.com, or WhateverYouDo.com, and JustPriles.com. The 10 most popular barbecue and grilling websites right now. Agree? Disagree? Give me your favorite. Love to hear it. We'll add it. All right, we'll come back and wrap the first hour. We'll get an update on the YouTube poll question of the week and get ready for the second hour. Stick around. Be right back. You're listening to the Barbecue Central Show. Continuing to produce incredibly mediocre content in an exceptionally professional way. You're listening and watching the Barbecue Central Show. Once again, here's your host, Craig Rampey. And we thank Derek Riches for joining us last segment. DerekRiches.com, his website, and I'll be as quick as I can about getting out of here. Smoking Joe's Pit Barbecue is writing in. I need help building a website. Anyone here that can help? Well, I can. Jotful.com, J-O-T-T-F-U-L, J-O-T-T-F-U-L.com is the website. That's who I use to make my sweet-ass new website. Joe, if you're really serious, let me know. Email me 
and I'll make a connection with you and my jotful representative, Natalie, and she might be able to help you out. If you're just being funny, but work on comedy, because that's not a bad, that's not a good joke. It's not fun. It's not fun. All right, we are pointing to the second hour. Refresh the libations, and we'll be back shortly. Stick around. We'll be right back.